0: Hey
1: there, I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I'm Mark Tucker. Welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Doing well. Uh, new Year's off and going.
0: Indeed it is. And, you know, uh, off and going, we're trying this new recording format. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, that's, that's kind of one of the things going for the new year. But coming into the new year, we also have uh, kind of a carryover from last year a bit of a gift, shall we say, from the the Alexa team.
1: (laughs) Yes. uh, So back at the end of November, I saw the announcement for the new version of Alexa presentation language, APL, uh, and it is number 2023.3 following their nomenclature. And it's just been a while since I've had a chance to, you know, dig in and kind of see what was going on with it. um, And this is our first chance to talk about it.
0: Yeah. So for can you give us a quick reminder of what APL is for starters?
1: Uh, <clears throat> some people could say call it that it is HTML for Alexa devices, but it is the um, proprietary Amazon specific Alexa specific uh, JSON based language for designing screens and widgets um, for for Alexa. So you dec- declaratively. Uh, used uh, components that are defined in JSON use data binding uh, also data stores for widgets um, to provide data and that is the you know kind of the responsive way of doing um, uh, you know screened, uh, screens for screen devices for echo show and on other devices
0: right and I, and I think the declarative parts kind of the um the real, the real element about this that makes it so much different than S S JavaScript, you know, while yeah. while we've while we've seen things that are uh, that make those tools uh, declarative and make them kind of more event driven, I think really, Alexa and APL really, really take that to heart. That's really at the core of what these systems are, you know, so it's, if you're used to Writing a function uh, That's not really how this, this is gonna work.
1: <laughs> yeah, so um, think about it as you know If you're coming from a, a, a web world where you might have done single-page applications So the the concept of you define a screen you define a component and you do data binding to to connect that together um, Then that's this kind of the same um, Same approach that uh, APL uses also if you've done anything with uh Microsoft's Adaptive Cards. Um, adaptive Cards is also a, a way to declare a screen and then use data binding. Um, so it's a, kind of the declarative um, layout and uh, definition plus then data binding is, is the, the gist of it. APL does more um, in some, and in some ways it's, it's pretty crazy what you can do with it, but, but that's the gist. That's the main bread and butter of APL.
0: Right. And I think of it in terms of, you know, if you're used to react, you kind of, yeah, it's not quite the same, but you have the, the same flavor. Oh yeah. It's of the same, the same flavor, same
1: approach. You'd have to learn a whole new syntax and stuff. It's not like you can bring exactly those skills over to APL. Not necessarily that you have to be an APL expert. You know, I did a, a series of videos in, uh a while ago now that just kind of went through each of the different parts of components. And so I, I kind of feel like I know APL pretty well, but then it's one of those things that you use when you're when you're doing some some new project, and then you might put it on the shelf and not come back to it for you know four months, six months, something like that. So I kind of felt like um, over the over the holiday break, I had a chance to do uh, work on a new project, and it has APL, it has um, for for screens, and it has um, widgets, and, and in some ways, I kind of had to relearn or you know re remind myself of kind of some of the approaches or how to do things, look at some, some past things. So it's not something um, that you you, you know, might know all of, of what's going on. And so then it, what's nice about this new release and, and the way that Amazon does releases is that they do give you a summary pages of like this is, these are the things that are new in this release. And you can actually go back and look at past versions of documents um, and uh, then you kind of just have to figure out well what, what what version am I going to target for the project that I'm doing. Um, there's kind of a whole versioning strategy, and you can kind of go crazy and you know have things that are backwards compatible and then things that are new. But then check check the version of the the actual EPL that's running. Um, but I, I kind of don't do that. I just kind of go back and say oh let's let's pick a couple of versions back and target for that version and t- just hope for so- the best.
0: So maybe even that's the, the right place to begin is what devices have or are getting this new release?
1: Yeah, so I'll have to, I'm will i going to have to look at the, the document page um, because that's part of, the, and we'll provide a link to this page, that's the, the summary. But uh, at the end of each page, there is a section that talks about kind of the approach to how you handle APL versioning and things that you can do with that, but also, they've started going through and saying, for this device, this is what version um, of APL is running on that version. So for example, um, so far we have Echo Show 15, which is the, the you know, kind of the bigger ones that can go in landscape or portrait mode, um, and those are the ones that always have widgets present. Um, Echo Show 10 is the one that kind of rotates around, it's the, the one that can follow you as you're, you're walking and talking. Echo Show 8, and then um, there's Echo Show 5, um, the first and second generation version. Some of the newer versions of Echo Show 5, um, the original Echo Show, um, Echo Spot, Fire TV, and Fire Tablets don't quite yet have 2023.3. They're running on 2023.2, but there's a nice little note that that uh, to be announced of when. <laughs> so in, I think what they're trying to tell you is that in the future there is plans to get twenty twenty three dot three on it. We just haven't announced when that's going to be, yet. As opposed to, I guess at some point in the future they could say this device is no longer going to run the newer versions of APL. But um, but it seems like they're targeting but- a a big a big swath of, I think probably. Ninety percent of the devices, or maybe even all of them, um, at one point we'll get twenty twenty three point three, but um, but they're focusing on some of the the more popular ones.
0: Okay, so so uh, at least we're we're kind of expecting twenty twenty three point three to have wide availability.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. it, it it is expected. So, Though I do want to tell you something that's kind of weird that I did. I did learn I was trying to use some of the newer features in 320 2023.3 in a widget that's hosted on my Echo Show 15 and it wasn't working. And so I actually uh, contacted somebody on um, a contact that I know from Amazon and he was like that's you know maybe maybe the 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 feature on the home screen is actually running an older version of APL even though the device is supposed to target a bigger version maybe the the kind of the widget panel that's always present is running a, a different version and sure enough i there's an environment variable you can put into APL that tells you what APL version it's running and actually the widget's on my Echo Show 15 is running 2023.1 so huh. it's 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 confusing cuz I haven't done this yet, but I'm wondering if I put that same variable into an APL screen that runs full screen, if that will be a different version. Um, so widgets is a little bit of a different animal, and so you might have to target an older version of um, of APL specifically for widgets, um, even though it might say that the Echo Show Fifteen supports the the, the latest version.
0: Well, that's interesting. So um, so let's go through what some of uh, some of these changes are.
1: Okay. Yeah, and and some of them I'm it's a little bit of a head scratcher to me as far as like okay obviously somebody needed this feature but I don't know I haven't thought of how I would use it yet so um, I, I, I may not be able to like give you lots of tons of details on on why you might want to do something um, with it but uh, um, we'll, we'll kind of talk about it um, so one of the th- the first thing that's on this screen is talking about something called conditional imports so, when you define an APL document, there's a certain document format, like what version of APL is that document running at? And then there's different sections. There could be a section that, that, um, that includes styles, which are you know colors or sizes or things based on, you can give those names and then you can use them later on in your document. Uh, kind of like CSS. Um, there's a resources section. There's a layout section where you can define individual components. And then there's like a main template section of your document where you can then reference those um, layouts as components in your um, in your main screen and I I do that quite a bit Um, actually just um, a nice way to break out certain sections of my document like this project I'm working on has a pager that that goes through and and shows four different screens so each screen is a, a separate component and then I've got some reusable parts that I've made for that show up on multiple pages or multiple times on a page. So then I create that as a separate layout. So reason why I'm giving you that detail is that you could break out some of those things that are reusable into a separate JSON file and host them yourself and then import that in so that the document that you've got is smaller but includes or imports in um, additional um, APL documents. So then you could make use of the, any of those um, resources, um, styles, uh, layouts, uh, commands, other things that, uh, that you define in that document. So the way that importing worked before is that you would just give a straight import and it would import them in, in the order that you, um, uh, there's an import section that has an array of imports and you would give it the, the source URL of where this document is and it would just load it in in that order. What I also need to say is that there are two or three different um, special named uh, packages that Amazon defines, and they kind of record in a, in a certain registry. So if you don't have the source property, but just the name, it will look up and say, "Oh, this is the the Alexa layout." So this is the Alexa, you know, viewports. So okay. so there's some built-in ones that they include. So any of their special documents uh, or just special components that are responsive um, are included in a package and you just import that package. And so then that, that's kind of how they provide the ex, uh, extensibility features of additional components over time is, is using the same, this um, same approach. But so, so all that, that, you know, has already been there with importing. What's new with importing is the ability to do conditional imports. So, if you were to okay. look at the layouts document that's, that you can import in from Amazon, it's got a lot of different components and it's, it's doing conditionals inside of there saying, oh, if, it's, if the viewport's this way or if it's, if it's on a, uh, a TV versus a tablet versus a, an Echo Show device, um, it can look differently. If it's portrait versus landscape, it, you know, so they've got a whole bunch of conditional logic and all of that stuff. Um, and that's how they've approached it. But now with this conditional imports, it gives you an additional feature. So for example, you could have styles that are specific to the TV. And you can have those in one package. And then you can conditionally say, you know if this device, if this is running on a TV device, just import just that portion that's the styles and everything that are specific to TV in. So I think I think they're kind of setting themselves up um, to be able to break out um, what they're doing into other files based on uh, some conditionals, whether, you know, what what type of device, what type of viewport um, it's running And that on. makes sense. Yeah.
0: Right, you know, so that makes sense. So, you know, it means that you'll be able to to import properties based on whether, um, you know, you have your 15 in portrait or landscape mode. Yeah. So the layout will now look different and, you don't have to code all of that logic into the APL itself. Yeah. You put that logic into the separate package and you import the right package at the right time.
1: Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And I, cause I think <clears throat> the way I think about it too, is right now when you're importing in the layouts package, you're getting a whole bunch of stuff. That's, that's not specific to the device that you're running on. And plus it has to be more complex because it's like, okay, this component here, but at this point in time, I might look different. So I have to do a what's called a when property and do some conditional. So it makes the imported APL more complicated um, and bigger if it's all in one. Um, And that could also affect um, load times if you have to import lots of things that are big. Well, the last part I wanna talk about on imports, sorry, because this is kind of big, is that you can define what order things get loaded in. So like if document A is your document and it's got imports for B and C, and both B and C have a dependency on D, then the order is A, B, C, D. And so if you've got something defined in multiple locations, the topmost one wins. So you can now define what order different things load in, which you couldn't do before. So you might be able to have some override, like have a special file that's overrides and just apply the overrides after other things happen or some things like that. Okay, so, good. so that's imports. Okay, what else? All right, so the next uh, thing is talking about uh, two new commands. One is called item uh, insert item and remove item. So, if you think about how APL work, sorry, how HTML works and there's a DOM and you can add components into the DOM or remove items from the DOM, this is kind of what this does. So, you can you can use these commands because commands are the ways that you can tie to some sort of trigger. So like if a button press or, or, you know, some other thing that fires an event can um, issue a command and then the command can do things. So this is the ability where you could, you know, add a new section to the APL document or remove a section out of the document um, using these uh, insert item and remove item commands. Um, And 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 this, and this
0: is great because it used to be that you needed to define everything beforehand and just display or not display them.
1: Yeah, yeah. So either use and, like some sort of a, um, well, and the trick with the when conditional is that there's only there's only a certain time when those get evaluated. So when the document gets inflated is what it's called, um, then those ones are, uh, are defined. And so you have to, you find yourself doing things like, um, adding a conditional to the opacity property and, and switching it from zero to one, or adding, you, there's a display property which is like none or visible or, or hidden, and you can, you can do a conditional on that. So, um, plus it's also kind of, what's complicated is if you're doing a list of things based on data, then you have the initial data that then shows the list of items, but then if you were to say, oh, I wanna add an item to the list, then you can't really, it doesn't reevaluate the data. And so this gives you a way to add it. Now it's important to note that it's not changing the original document that you created, um, nor is it changing the data that you've, that you're using to create the document. It's only during the time that that document is running. So like if you were to go off the document and then come back, then that, that change wouldn't be there anymore. Um, you would have to do that reflecting a change in the data behind the scenes as well so that, you know, that that would work. Does that make sense? Oh,
0: well, it makes perfect sense, but uh, yeah,
1: okay.
0: I mean, that's kind of what I expect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the, there's a new uh, um, event that you can trigger on a document that um, saying on on children change so you can get notified if a child is added or removed. Yeah. So the next item... Is control over scrolling and paging. So there is um, a number of different components that allows you to scroll through a list of things, uh, and th- there's different uh, you know, things that you can hit like scroll, scrolling to an index. You can so, but you might want to control the speed of how that, how fast that happens. Also, like on a pager control, when you're paging from one page to another page, you might want to make that transition slower or faster, right? And so on um, certain events now or commands like set page and things, you can define a duration property of like how far is that, you know, transition, how, how fast is the, the transition speed or, or things like that. So.
0: Okay. So this is one of those, this sounds great. I'm sure this is important to someone, but I'm equally sure that advanced transition systems are also important to someone. You know, the fact that you start the, the paging slow and then speed up through a bunch of stuff and then slow down again as you're approaching or, you know, uh, and it sounds like this doesn't handle that.
1: Yeah, no, this is just more the, the actual speed of the transition. There are some capabilities and, and I haven't really delved into it that you can, you can do custom type of transitions. Um, and control the animations more on a fine grain, um, but this one is just overall. Once that once you've got a transition defined, it's like how fast does that transition happen? Okay, next. Okay, so there are some accessibility improvements that they talked about. That um, like an actions property, um, I I I didn't really get get this. I'm I'm I don't totally understand where. Um, kind of the overall approach for accessibility on APL. So I I looked into it. I saw that you could define multiple actions per, per physical touch, like a, you know, a thumbs up plus some other type of press thing. I, I, but I. this is one of those ones I, I looked at it initially, kind of scratched my head and said, I don't, there, there needs to be more documentation or information on kind of the overarching accessibility approach because i I'm not sure what this gives me, so. So sorry, wish I, yeah, wish I knew more okay. about this one, but this one was a little confusing. Um, there's a deprecation on the frame component. Um, well, I guess there, there, there used to be a background color um, property on the frame component and it's going away. So it's being deprecated, being replaced with a, um, just a background property and that now that background property is more advanced it can be a solid color or a gradient color so just it's basically a new property okay. so now now your frames can have gradients as opposed to solid colors um, this next one is interesting so normally with data arrays you you assign that to a component um, like a like a container and you can say here's here's a uh, an array of 5 strings you know item 1 item 2 item 3 item 4 item 5 then the comp- the container has an items property and what it does is it takes the first child in the case of data binding it takes that first child of the items property and it duplicates that it uses it as a template and duplicates that once for each of the items in the data array so that's how you get you know how you can take a list of something and display it in a a component is with this data property that's assigned to the component. Now, with commands, there are two, you can either fire single commands off or you can send, um, do multiple commands. And if you use the sequential command, then it's gonna do command one, and then once it finishes, it's gonna execute command two. Command three. Parallel is going to say, here's all of them one, two, three, four, all are going to be executed at the same time. There is a new data property to those sequential and parallel commands. Now that seems kind of weird because, but <laughs> there are some things that you can do now. You can define an array of something and then for each item in the array, it's going to execute the command. Um, so you can get some different effects with that. I'm not exactly sure how I'm gonna use it. The way that they used the, the example that they showed has, had a list of items, and then when you clicked on the button, um, it, it triggered a command, and then the, the um, parallel or sequential, the, the, the data that was that was bound to that command was um, r- randomly picking colors. So then it would like change the, I- the color of item one to some color item two, and it would either sequentially, you change the color of one, then of two, then of three, whereas the parallel would just change all the colors at once. Um, I'm not, it seems like it's, a, it's, a, it's a, gonna be a fun trick to use for something. I just don't know what I'm gonna use this for in the future. But um, there could be a way um, where you've got a list of data things that you want to or, you know, iterate through, but then execute commands on. So
0: I, I, can, I can kind of see it in cases, for example, where um, you've got a bunch of buttons and you want to mark all of them as inactive. Not, not clear them, but mark them as yeah. inactive. And this is just a way to say, mark all of these as inactive. Maybe. I don't
1: know. Maybe? Have, uh... Yeah, because, you know, because you could easily do a sequence and it's, it's, you can set a, a set of value, have a set value command um, and, you know, each of those buttons are named. You could, you right now, without that, this, you could still set them, but, but maybe there's an easier way of just saying, I want to set this, have one set command property, but then use this data and it would iterate through the list of, Buttons, but or but maybe maybe I mean, dynamically with data that you're doing maybe you want something to that,
0: that's just what I was, yeah, yeah that's just what I was thinking is you know how much of this is is dynamic data and how much of this is tied to adding children and, and so forth you know so if, if the two commands make sense together or I don't know anyway yeah what's sure. next
1: next is um, support for variable sized viewports so a viewport is the size of the screen um, and and now there's um, some you know properties um, auto height auto width min height min width min you know max height mi- max width. I think some of those were available, um, and I know that there were some things that were already in place. where if you had like a tablet and you were changing from from landscape mode to portrait mode and back and forth? I'm not sure what this variable viewport is. I don't know if this is going to be some some feature in the future. Or if they if like they put them in there for widgets, or I'm not I'm not exactly sure what, I was about what they're to, doing. I was
0: about to ask if they had something to do with widgets because you know widgets can can expand and change size, and you know you move them from the, the small thing to take up half the screen sometimes. Does that does it make sense in that?
1: Context? Yeah, I'm not sure what what would be interesting. What I thought about when I saw this, and I don't I haven't heard anything about this, but right now you've got on uh, Echo Show 15 in landscape mode, you've got like two thirds of the screen that's showing something, you know, kind of iterating through what would typically be on an Echo Show device. And then the other portion is is a set of fixed um, widgets. What would be interesting is right now, if you hit a widget to launch your skill that it takes up the whole screen, what would be interesting is if that stayed the same and just that that section off to the side changed. So right. I don't yeah, I don't know and I don't or I don't know if this might have something to do with TV. Go okay,
0: on. anything else?
1: Oh, okay. So the next thing is lottie files. So lottie files oh, yay. are are, are um, <laughs> they're they're around They're kind of a way of doing animation um, but uh, you can you can't run lottie files directly in APL. Because
0: Well, and let us Let's say why, but you can't run Lottie files automatically in APL because Lottie files tend to deal with SVG and yes. APL doesn't support SVG. It supports its own flavor of it called AVG.
1: Yes. So um, so in order for an SVG to be shown uh, in APL, it has to be converted to an AVG. Since uh, Lottie files use uh, animation of SVGs, then you can't really you have to be some sort of, there has to be some sort of conversion from uh, Lottie file format into an AVG, um, so that can run an APL. But um, there has been limited support for Lottie files, and sometimes it's been kind of cumbersome, the the resulting converted file. um, So there's been some optimizations on the conversion of Lottie files into AVG, and support of additional things like um, gradients and images. So um, basically all that's saying is that uh, we support a wider variety of Lottie files to be converted into. I haven't really spent a lot of time creating Lottie files um, and have had limited success with converting Lottie, Lottie files in the past to AVG. Maybe my luck would be increased now since it supports a few other things. Okay. All right, so now there's kind of like a grab bag of additional other updates. Um, so, the, as part of um, APL, a number of different functions are supported. Um, so, to the list of string functions that are supported, it's added charAt. So, you can get a character at a specific position in a string.
0: It, the, this, is, this, is one of, this is one of my many issues with APL, is that <laughs> they had to go reinvent a pile of things. Yes. and they forget things like, karat, yeah, as one of them, and you know it's not the only thing that they forgot either. Um, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kudos to them though for finally including something that JavaScript actually had since day one. Yeah, I mean, come on, JavaScript even got this right. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway,
1: kudos to the APL team though. Yes, um, so vector graphic is the component that displays. Alexa vector graphics. Um, now it's uh, a, it's been expanded or improved um, better support for parameters. So you can specify parameters that when you're using a vector graphic component you can pass parameters to the actual graphic um, AVG behind the scenes and could take in those parameters. It could be like uh, fill color, it could be size, it could be opacity, it could be something probably something with animations i don't know there's different parameter things um so that's just uh, a new feature if you're parameterizing your a um, abgs there's some extensions that are possible for apl what the way that i see extensions are they are amazon provided code that runs on the device and has to communicate back to um, APL, so like if your device supports what's called the Backstack, then you can kind of s- simulate what would be in um, HTML history. You could say, oh, I wanna go back two documents in my HTML history. Um, so that's that's an extension called Backstack. Um, <clears throat> there's a couple of other ones, I'm trying to remember. There's one that's um, that has to do with like the Echo Show 10, if it identifies you when you're walking up to the camera. Um, I think there even be, might be one for motion um, if it supports motion I, I don't remember all the th- there's not very many of them but it's it's kind of device specific functionality you know some of the devices have that c- can support so you can define um, extensions and now there's a required flag that you can set so, which basically says if you require if your APL requires this extension then the code's not going to run uh, your APL is not going to run on devices that don't support that so this
0: is a silly question
1: yeah but I don't know if I know the answer but go ahead if
0: you are including the extension don't you require it automatically I mean why why would you include something you don't require I,
1: I okay well this is and this is this is i've always felt well my okay sorry my first experience with extensions had to do with this backstack and it had to do with apl running on tvs um because there are ways to have you go back to documents um with a with a button and and it kind of like everything else worked one way and the tv worked differently and so it's basically, if the, if the TV supported the backstack, then I had code that would use the backstack back approach because that was really the only approach you could use. And then on non-TVs, it would do it the other way. And so I, I've just I've found extensions a little frustrating uh, because um, like, why didn't they just program the TV to work the same way? <laughs> and-, <laughs> and not have to do special backstack code just for the TV. But, um,
0: and is this in any way related to the conditional imports?
1: I don't think so. Um, okay, okay, yeah, anything else? Mm, Let's see. There are probably the last thing is that there are a set of uh, APL cheat sheets. So it's four pages. That's kind of a summary of like here's all the components that we give you, and here's the properties that are on the components, and these are the ones that are required and the default properties. It's actually a pretty good list. So in four pages, you can look, you can kind of get a glimpse of all the different components that are available. Um, so they've updated the uh, the the cheat sheets to include the latest uh, 2023.3 features, so so kudos to that. Um, the rest of this document, we've already kind of gone through the section that talked about which versions are supported and which different documents. Uh, my feedback was um, if somehow widgets are working with a different version of APL than the main thing, then you probably should have another column or something in here that talks about which, you know, Echo Show 15 widgets run on this version it, <laughs> or something. Um, maybe
0: that should be documented somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, otherwise. My, just... my my first question on all of this is this is all great, but has APL Ninja been updated to support 2023.3 yet?
1: I don't know that it has for sure. Um, and this is this is this is interesting and kind of why because I, I use APL and I'm a huge fan of it and so for this project I was working on I was creating APL and everything looked good I was you know I wasn't getting any errors in my um, editor the JSON window um, that was and but then I when I went to go deploy this widget and kind of the way that you have to go deploy a widget is you actually have to um, push push the skill back up to the developer console with some a manifest file and things like that. But then if you go into the developer console, you can go into a multimedia or multimodal tab, which then shows you, oh, here's this widget. So I went into that widget there and looked at the JSON panel there, and there were um, errors in it. And some of them were things that it wasn't supporting with, you know, mm-hmm. 2023.3. like, the parameters on the vector graphics I was using, or there are a couple of other things that was just I I wouldn't have known. The only place I uh, would have known that the errors were there was in this particular view that that, uh, the developer console gives you. So I guess, you know, warning to people that are are doing the APL Ninja approach first, because there's just so many nice things in APL Ninja um, that I definitely prefer that approach. Um, but then you might have to go back and check, um, and the, and the thing is, is in order to get the, the, that widget to show on your device, you actually have to do a special deploy through this, this particular console window inside the uh, developer console. And it, and in order to do that, you have to do, whenever you save a new widget document, you actually have to go and build the skill. So there's something, you know, building typically has been in the past about something with the language model oh, I've changed, I've added some intents or utterances or you know, expanded the list of slot values or something. So I have to rebuild the model so that I can test the model and that makes sense, but somehow deploying a widget is also linked to the, oh, I have to build. Um, and so the build was failing because of a entry in my widget um, JSON. So I couldn't even okay. deploy a new version of the language model because that would br- break the build. So just some, some strange quirkiness. Um, <laughs> I don't know, there's <laughs> lots of things I, I, I well, kind of learned. It was, it was kind of good. I was like, oh, it's good I was doing this side project because I kind of learned some things about APL, specifically with widgets, it breaking the build or it being on a different version than was documented for the device. Um, but that's, that's the versions, and then there's a section at the very end of this document that's like strategies on how to run like backwards compatibility, so like in one code base, run something that, that uses some newer versions and a feature for those devices that are actually on newer versions of APL versus those are on older versions, and the way that I solve that is I just ignore that, and I code for an older version of APL that I think everything should have on, or most everything can have on, and hope for the best.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm not entirely sure. You know, like I said, and that goes back to you know what what versions, you know, what platforms is this supported on, and if nearly all of them is the answer, uh, maybe that's the right solution.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, anyway. I and I and I consider myself somebody who's very passionate about APL, but coding specific versions or for backward compatible versions is a little more hardcore than I want to be. Uh, so I, I would be hard pressed to, to figure out the list of developers that are more hardcore than me <laughs> on APL that would want to do that approach. But um, I'd love to meet, meet you if you're listening to this and that's something that you do because uh, maybe I can learn something from you.
0: And if you want to meet Mark and let him know <laughs> what you think about this. Uh, you can find us on social media, on LinkedIn, uh, or let us know in the comments below. Um, love to hear what folks think about this new version of APL, uh, APL in general, uh, maybe even what we're, we're hoping from Amazon with future APL, if such a thing exists. Um, and we will talk about it another time on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, Alan. Take care, Mark. Have a great week.
1: Thank you. You too.